And we are back. Yeah. Another episode of FYB presents the Ivy League. Ha <laughs> That's right. Man, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Season three, episode four. Yes, sir. We made it. Right, right, right. We made it, man. Um, it's a blessing. We got obviously a, a, a new look again. You know, we just keep getting better and better like fine wine. Right, right, right. Facts. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> All right, man. Let's, you know, without any further ado, man, let's go ahead and start with introductions. Um, I'll go ahead and go first right now. Joe Spider, FYB. I represent the fresh. The city. You know it for a fact. And today I am rocking the the Y&B brand, the Young and Building. Shouts out to the mans. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got my... Uh, a bass shorts on. I don't know if they can see. Hold on, let me stand up. <laughs> I got the A bass shorts on. Shouts out to the mans. FYB Reese, you already know if you're gonna talk to me, talk to me nice. Rocking them grind crazy today, man. Shout out to Grind Crazy. I I actually just figured out who they were like probably like three four weeks ago. I was kind of late. I don't know how long they've been really rocking, but. Man, I, I went on their website. I said, yeah, I, I need a couple of these. And then, yeah, and then I actually ended up running into the owner not too long ago and chopped it up with him for a second. That was dope, too, to be able to shake his hand. And, you know, he noticed me from wearing his brand. So that was dope, man. That's shout dope. out, That's shout out Grind Crazy, man. One of my one of my favorites right now. Man, what's cracking? You know, I'm go by Steve, also OG Slick or FYB Slick. You can actually follow me on Instagram at OG Slick dot underscore underscore. And what I'm rocking today is a, a black owned brand called Simple and Splashy right over here with the LA coat. Inside's got, you know, RIP Nip Hustle. Y'all can't really see it, but uh, check him out, though, man. The dude's really dope. He's got a lot of great products. Uh, I've actually bought a few things from him. And uh, yeah, man, he's dope. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's up, everybody? You already know who I be is DT. You can follow me on the IG at DT.FYB. You feel me? Um, you know, today I'm rocking with the homie Vic, Eternal Life Co. You know what I'm saying? Straight out of Sacramento. And then I cop this hat from my guy, No Cat Vintage Hats, man. He has his own vintage hat selling page. You feel me? But you dig. We in here. And so we got a, a, a nice show for y'all today. We got some different topics we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to address the uh, or look at the Malice in the Palace untold story, the Netflix yep, special yep. that just came out. Right, right. Um, we're going to talk about Brittany Renner and PJ Washington. <sighs> um, and then we got some questions that was actually, you know, uh, asked of us to, to respond to via DM. So if you're not following, uh, you know, the FYB Instagram page, it's underscore fire your boss. You know what I'm saying? So and if you're not already, uh, follow us on YouTube, you know, like, comment and subscribe. <laughs> like, comment and subscribe on the, the Wise Word Wednesday YouTube channel. Um, but, yeah, we're also going to going to answer some of those questions and just kind of, you know, give our perspective. But let's start off with, you know, the Malice in the Palace untold story. I mean, I know we've been talking about a little bit of sports lately, but that's because, you know, we all sports fans, and we gonna talk about some other stuff for sure. We got plenty of other topics that we're gonna address that has nothing to do with sports. But uh, the Malice in the Palace untold story for those of you all that are not familiar, um, in two thousand four, um, uh, Ron Ar the, the 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 Indiana Pacers were facing the the Detroit Pistons, and the Pistons had just won a championship uh, the year the year prior, and so. Um, 
they were playing in a repeat because they faced each other in the playoffs um, uh, the last year. So they played each other again. They had Jamal Tinsley. They had Steven Jackson, Ron Artez, Reggie Miller, Jermaine O'Neal. So the, the Pacers were, were, were pretty stacked at that time. And uh, Ron Artest eventually got into it with Ben Wallace, you know, a little scrabble, whatever happened. And then Ron Artest laid out on, you know, the the announcer table and a fan ended up throwing a cup of beer um, at Ron Artest. And that sparked like a whole essential, like a riot, pretty much. You know, it was basically 20,000 verse three. It's uh, <laughs> so literally the whole arena versus the players yeah, versus, yeah. versus the three and it wasn't even all players it was yeah. literally three players it was Ron Artest Steven Jackson and Jermaine O'Neal and so you know we we were all young at that time I remember I was a freshman because I was at a basketball practice and my coach was talking about talking about it at the time so I didn't see it live but I did watch the re the, you know the replays the re, and all that and uh you know we didn't understand what really happened at that time all we just was like yo Arte, everybody was like Artez and Jermaine O'Neal and Steven Jackson fighting fans and fans is going crazy and, st- and players are retarded they're crazy da, 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 da. but um we got a chance to see like what you know, the player's perspective was on what had happened, you know, and I think that's very important because, you know, at that time we got to see how David Stern and the NBA handled that situation. So, so in that untold story, I, I just want to ask you all, you gentlemen, what's your perspective on just watching that untold story for the first time and seeing really fully comprehending what the player's perspective was? Any, feel free. Anybody can, can answer that. Um, man, it was, a. Uh... It kind of brought me back. It brought me back to that time. You know what I'm saying? It, it. I didn't realize how much I like know that story. You know, I didn't realize how much that story had been circulating and going around, and and it had took up so much of the media's time because, like, I could literally play by play what was happening, even you know while they were playing it back. Like I knew. I knew the whole Ben Wallace thing. And also at the time when it happened, I was watching the game live. I remember that I actually was watching it live. And uh, the Pacers were actually blowing the Pistons out. It wasn't even a close game. But, you know, and then, so one thing I didn't know was that Ben Wallace's brother had passed. And if you know Ben Wallace, you know that regularly, he's just not the one to play with. He's yeah, just not, thanks. he's not one of those, he's a hard-nosed, like, serious dude that, you know, he's an effort player. And was so. It, defensive player of the year five times, I think. Right, right. right. Yeah. Was it three yes. times? Was it three or five? I, felt, no, I think four. Four, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I know he won multiple defensive players yeah, of the year. Yeah, definitely. And, like, and so, it was just, to me, it was crazy to, like, see that again because it, it literally brought me back to that moment of watching it and being like in awe like that uh, a player is in the stands you know what I mean like man but and then also like just feeling and finally hearing Artes finally hearing Steven Jackson finally hearing Jermaine O'Neal say something about it like They're and th- they were they were quiet for a, for a long time and when you really start looking at it you start to realize like Man, if that was me, I probably would have responded the same way. Facts. Probably would have responded the same way. So, like, yeah, it was, man, that was interesting. And then to see how, like, the the media responded to it. And it's like, bruh, it's, bruh, it's three on 20,000. And y'all calling me thugs. It's people throwing beer at me. It, it's people, even, even without that, 
Detroit was known for having fans that were, you know, say some <laughs> crazy stuff, yeah. do some crazy stuff. You know what I mean? So, like, it, I'm pretty sure, like, for artists, and I just remember watching it and feeling like, damn, man, they must have felt like literally in survival mode. Like, I have to make it out of here. You know what I'm saying? That was just, like, my initial thoughts of it. Um, what I'd say is, you know, just like the title says, the untold story, you know what I'm saying? Or untold, like I really enjoyed, you know, being able to see them finally speak out on their perspective of this situation because it had not been heard up until this point. And, um, you know, just hearing some of the things that they had to say and even seeing some interviews outside of that, like people got to understand how much, like not just the event itself, but afterwards, how much this event affected their lives. They were dealing with trials and everything like that for 10 years after the Mm. fact, 10, 10 plus years of still dealing with the same situation. And a lot of things they still can't publicly talk about for 10 years. And mind you, like you were just saying, it's over arena field of 20,000 plus fans against these three, all their teammates wasn't helping them. Mm. It was those three, you know? So, Going into that survival mode and to say, these fans attacked me and I go out to defend my teammate and I'm suspended for the rest of the year? Like, where do they get held accountable? You know, so being up and just like Jermaine O'Neal specifically, like how it affected him. And then also going from that and just looking into the aspect of just being able to see, I mean, I don't know, man, just I, it was I could just see how it was really tough for them and like how it like affected their lives and everything. So it, it, it was just tough. Um, man, I'm just losing my train of thought, just trying to think about it. I'm still like processing it really like here on the spot, but um, just seeing really how it, it affected their lives moving forward. I think it was tough and I'm glad for them to be able to um, tell their perspective of the story. You know what I mean? I, and definitely, and also um, the, the news articles, when you talked about the media, that was at the point I wanted to make was, like, man, I was really watching it as an adult. Like, man, they were racist, bro. Like, yeah, it was, yeah. like, so much racially profiling the players. And it's like, man, come on, bro. Like, it just, um, I enjoyed them being able to see, like, speak from their perspective on, on what happened. Yeah. Yep. So, a few things. I mean, this was a very, a very heavy topic at the time because, uh, like Reese said, I actually do remember watching this game live, too. I was at the barbershop with my god, dad, and god brother. And uh, it was just like that big ass brawl, you know, with the, um, you know, with the players and the fans, and it's it's never been seen before. That was the biggest wow. fight in sports history at right. the time. I, I think still to this day, actually, right. that no, nothing like that's ever happened. Twenty thousand strong. Yeah, bro, <laughs> it was crazy, and um, and like you know, you always see the famous clips, you know, Ron Artest running up to the stands, and then Steven Jackson and Jermaine, <laughs> like you've always seen those same clips, right? But um. You know, although they missed a lot of details, I feel like in the in the documentary, they also had a lot of unseen stuff to the general public. You feel me? Like there was a lot of they had that twenty hundreds of thousands of clips, they said, because of all the cameras that they had. And like so we got to see some stuff that we didn't get to see before. And I didn't understand how long that thing it actually happened. You know what right, I'm saying? Like the right. duration of the whole altercation. I didn't understand the complexity of it. You know what I'm saying? And then on the flip side, I was wondering, like, dang, that happened 17 years ago, and we just now hearing the player's side. Right. I was like, I wonder why it took so long. You feel me? Um, and then and then when you start to hear the player's side of the story, you start to kind of 
understand like how much it actually affected their lives and understanding like, you know, at the time Ben Wallace lost his brother at the time, you know, we already knew Ron Artest was crazy, but he was actually diagnosed. I didn't even know that personally. I don't know about y'all. Everybody knew he was crazy on the court, but he actually had off the court issues and was seeking a therapist and stuff. And one of his ways to calm down was to go lay down on the table and breathe before he reacts to anything. And, you know, once that, that beer hit him, everything kind of unraveled instantly. Like, you know, he got triggered. Like, that was a trigger. You know what I'm saying? And um, when you come to find out and see, like, okay, boom, all these players got suspended. I didn't even realize David Stern was the ultimate authority at that moment, too. It was like unanimous. that. Unanimous. Yeah. <laughs> unanimous. Like, this wasn't even brought up to any board because... This altercation wasn't even in the rule book. It was an anomaly. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to stuff like that, oh, the commissioner gets to make the decision. And he fined them. They lost a whole bunch of money, got suspended for the whole year. And he didn't even have to explain himself. And then the media talking about, um, you know, these are thugs. These are hoodlums. And then I think it was Jermaine O'Neal brought up a good point. Like, we're getting called thugs and hoodlums for defending our brothers. But you got a sport like hockey that gets praised for fighting each other on national television. Right. So it was kind of crazy to... To hear the the both sides and, and and really see like damn they, it was really racist for them to really say things like that and the narrative that they were portraying like they weren't getting attacked by fans you feel me you know what I mean like and it's like like, and like the fans didn't start it yeah come on literally bro if that beer never got thrown it would have been dead in the water on, you feel bro. me would have been dead in the water it but was, there's a lot there was a lot man there it was, was fans walking down to the court squaring up yeah come bro. On. What I'm going to punch your ass, too. <laughs> My thing what? is, you, you, threw a, you threw a rock at me. You know what I'm saying? You, right, you, you, right, you threw right. a rock at me, yeah, and now you're mad because I threw a rock back. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? It was interesting. I heard while that was all going on, it was a clip that they played that they said, and somebody was saying, one of, I guess, a reporter or whatever was saying, no matter what happens, no matter what they say to you, no matter what they throw at you, you never go in the stands. That is stupid. Oh, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And, and my thing is like, man, <laughs> at some point we have to understand that we are all people. I am mm-hmm. a human. Yeah. They are human. You know what I'm saying? But it like, was somebody who's seeking a therapist, bro. He already has, you know, literally mental issues. Like, diagnosed. you know what I'm saying? Like, diagnosed. But cut all that. <laughs> you can get a perfectly fine person. Who go trip. And you throw something at them. Some go, beer. Yeah. While they're at work. Yeah. While they're at work. <laughs> I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I was in front of a grocery outlet and I saw somebody fighting a, 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 a employee for a soda. So I know. <laughs> oh, they ain't even throw the soda on them. They was trying to steal it. And, they, and the employee fought it for it. So I know. <laughs> you pour a beer. It's bad. Anybody. It's ugly. I, I mean, you know, for, for me, um, you know, I, one thing I don't like is um, that I, I, I like the documentary. I thought it was cool, but I really didn't like how they kind of breezed over who the person was that threw the beer. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah they that did. was a big thing. <laughs> they did. Too, bro. We know for sure if that would have been a black person, they'd have went into his family history, Bruh. his criminal record if he has one, where he grew up in, was he in trouble in high school and elementary school? What about his family? Is his family on drugs? Is anybody like we? I to this day don't know much about that dude. After watching that documentary, he was I, getting interviewed because he was a guy who threw the beer. Because he right, was a right. guy who threw the beer. <laughs> he, and got, he, he was happy about it. Yeah, yeah, man, it's all cool. You know, am I gonna be in trouble for this? Yeah, bro. Like, I don't even know what he 
went like what his charge right. was, yeah, they like what he say. was convicted of. You know what I'm saying? And I know for a fact if the script would have been flipped, and it was a a, a player that threw a beer at a fan. They would have went into his whole life, yeah, you know what I'm saying, and examined his whole life. So I just wish that, you know, um, I, I mean, and I, that's probably just us as, you know, black folks trying to be the nice person and just say, hey, well, I just want to tell my story. I don't want to focus on him. But at the end of the day, it's like if the roles were flipped, bro, we know they'd have went all in because they already went into their family history. They already yeah. called them thugs right. they already, and, and they was defending themselves. And it's like, bro, yeah. you know, we were for the longest were just seen as, uh, you know, just just uh, entertainers. You know what I'm saying, and not and not human beings, not people. You know, and, and the way that David Stern handled that was terrible. Um, you know, you know, God rest David Stern's soul, but he handled that terribly, and and he really it just showed the racism in America, the racism in sports, the racism in David Stern. You know what I mean? And, and I think that also makes me say that um, you know, big kudos to Adam Silver. Right, you know what I'm right. saying, yeah. and how he's been handling the NBA and really working with the team. You know, what I mean, they because right after that brawl is when they did the uh, the whole the the ban of certain clothes and baggy pants. Yep, and you got to be clean up yeah, the, trying the to clean image. up the look, the, the look of the league. <clears throat> and it was like, you know, we saw so many reporters blaming hip hop for for this. And it's oh like, man, it was. What does hip hop got to do, or what does his braids, his hairstyle, have to do with the fact that he fought a person who assaulted him? Right. That, that, let's let's start there. Like. And I'm a strong believer in I don't care what age you are. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care how you identify. If you're, you cannot put your hands on somebody or assault somebody and then get mad at their reaction. It don't matter if I push somebody and they come back and shoot me. You, I can't say, well, you you shouldn't have brought out a gun. You shouldn't have touched him. Yeah, right. He was the aggressor. Right. You shouldn't have right. touched that person. You cannot right. get mad once you assault somebody at whatever that result is after that. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, it's different if the fan was just talking trash, but he he literally threw a beer at him, yeah. and that's a so, that's a felony. Yeah, that's a felony. Mm -hmm. So he committed a felony, and then we went and blamed the people who responded or reacted and said that they're the thugs. No, the they're thug quote unquote. Was the, you feel me? professional exactly like i said i was at grocery outlet and they were fighting over a bottle of coke <laughs> you know what i'm saying the employee and the theft the thief was was fighting over a bottle of coke yeah. so if you could do that as a employee at grocery outlet i would assume that you know you were the person with mental health and who's already playing a physical sport who's already you know played for about 45 minutes you know what I'm saying, of, of of a sport, and you're passionate about what you believe in, and you get into an altercation and somebody assaults you, I would expect that person to act just like the person at Grocery Outlet. Right, you know, right, right. so I don't know. That's just, that, that was that. So um, um, anybody else got, got anything else? One Go ahead. more thing ahead, I bro. wanted to add to that was um, when I was looking at the one of the uh, post-interviews, or it was really a pre-interview, actually, um, before the documentary came out, when Jermaine O'Neal was talking about would David Stern been able to uh, go to his wife's house or go to his family's house and tell them that he was killed in that situation? Would you have been able to do that? Because that's mm. what it came down to. Mm -hmm. Life if Steve, if Stephen, when you talked about a survival mode, mm -hmm. like especially in the position that Ron Artest was in, like just his positioning in the stands and how many of them were already ganging up on him. Yes, bro. He could have died, bro. He was literally getting jumped. When yeah. he got into Come the stands, on, it was like multiple people, people hitting him in the head. In the yeah. head, bro. Like, so would you, would you, can you imagine, it, what would the narrative have been if one of them players would have been killed in that situation? 
what, or what seriously career-ending career injury. Yeah, 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 Lost yeah. their career. What would have the narrative have been then? Yeah. That's why I didn't like all the racism in the comments in the on the news and everything. So that that's my final thoughts on that. Yeah. I for me, as much as I like the documentary, I wish it was more. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot I of holes was, still. You know, I wish I wish it was more. I wish they would have kind of dove more into the impact that the Pacers were making in the NBA at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of like just the players saying it, I would rather like actual stats and facts like no, this was they were supposed to be the champions. Yeah. They were supposed to be the champions the year before. Like I think like I think they they missed a lot of parts on that. I feel like the people, like the fans who were involved that they were interviewing, they were kind of like, it was almost like they were big up in them mm-hmm. more than saying like, dude, you, you was tripping. Like you, like, you know, I, I just feel like it wasn't enough, enough. Like I just, yeah, it just wasn't enough. It was, it was a good, it was like a good introduction. Yeah. yeah. But now I, now I just want more. Like I just remember when it went off, I was just like. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, man, that's yeah. that's it. Yeah, but yeah. definitely left you, you know, hungry. But yeah, it uh, man, I feel like the person that was that got the shortest end was Jermaine O'Neal for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he definitely the got that, the shortest yeah. end. But... The only one that didn't get a championship, you know, and he spent the longest time I think in the league out of all of them. Right, I think right. He spent yep. like seventeen years or something like mm-hmm. that, sixteen years in the league or something like that, and didn't get a championship. It's unfortunate. It's crazy because the year. He left the Warriors as we won the, the championship. Won. Yep. It's yep. unfortunate too. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, so I, 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 I'm sorry. I rock with Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I rock with Jermaine O'Neal because he, you know, he came to Golden State. So it's all love. We're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna talk about uh, Brittany Renner and PJ Washington, oh. and we're gonna get to those questions. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. <sighs> all right, and we are back. So for those of you who don't know. Uh, P.J. Washington, who is an NBA player, uh, he's a 19-year-old NBA player. I think lottery still, pick. Lottery pick. So that means lottery means you were drafting top 14. Um, uh, pick here, 19-year-old NBA player, um, and Brittany Renner is a 29-year-old um, Instagram influencer, social media influencer, um, and model. Um, I think she does modeling as well too. Um, and so what happened? What what happened was I'm just trying to give people a, a, a synopsis. And again, we are not like experts. We are not journalists who have done extensive research on the matter. We're just you know telling you what we know, what we see, and giving you our opinion about it. So, um, Brittany Renner had apparently been going. You know, had apparently had a relationship with this man, this young man, and got pregnant. And so he proposed and they got married. And, and the rumor is, is that two days after they, the baby was born, she secretly filed for divorce. And since then has been awarded $200,000 a month in spousal support. Now, when we hear $200,000 a month in spousal support or child support or whatever, a lot of people think that that's permanent. But obviously, when it's, we talk about cases here, sometimes it's like, you know, you may pay $200,000 a month for three months so that way that that person can get back on their feet and make sure that the child has a, you know, a comfortable living situation. And then you don't have to pay that much. You know, then it goes down to like, you know, $2,000 a month or $3,000 a month or $10,000 a month for, for child support. Um, so, so yeah, but I know there's some other details that, you know, folks are probably going to talk about here. But first and foremost, I will say that this 
this is a not a good situation. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a good situation for either party. Um, I'm going to explain it from I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about PJ Washington first, you know, um, First off, you tripping, uh, but <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> nah, but but seriously, I, I think that it's unfortunate for him because let me let me just say that where was his family? Where was his support? The big homies. Where was the big homies that told him, "Hey, bruh, I know you probably jocking this girl right now. I know you think she looked good and she chasing after you, but you got a big bag coming, and it's a lot of people that that want that, you know, and it's a lot of people that's gonna pretend." That they rock with you so they can get that bag. You know, they see an opportunity. Um, but also for me, it's just like, hey, bro, like, why? You know what I mean? Why? Like, why? Like, I don't know, bro. Somebody else go. I'm, I can't. It's, <laughs> for me, it's like, you know, and I, I'm not here to to judge Brittany Renner or even have anything bad to say about her, but. For PJ Washington, like you said, like bro, you nineteen. You nineteen, bro. You just getting started, man. You just you literally are just starting, you know, your life. And you got you got this great opportunity to be in the NBA. You got, you know, pretty much the world is your oyster as they say. And for you to, you know, jump out like jump out the window and kind of put this and it's not even about her or the baby. It's about Putting that that dent of all of this, you know, the child support and then your child is going to go through like, you know, kind of the court system and all, just the way all of that. And then you got the pressures of being 19 and in the NBA, too. And living up to the hype. And living up to the hype, you know, and, and now you on the shade room and now you're dealing with all of this when you should just be focusing on basketball right now. Yeah. Being, you know, a, better being a better human being, learning yourself. You still so young, bro. You just 19? Man, 19? Yeah. You ain't even started to get started to know yeah. who you are yet. So, like, yeah. And then I'm going to just say it like this. If there was a 30-year-old man who had been courting and kind of stalking an 18-year-old woman and, you know, people have pictures of this 30-year-old man at this 18-year-old woman's high school games and it's a long list of DMs and all of that following him and history of this 30-year-old man trying to talk to this 18-year-old woman and then that 30-year-old man, you know, some, yeah, somehow gets this 18-year-old woman pregnant, then takes the baby, and then and then gets divorced, and then gets child support. I wonder how we would look at that. Actually, I feel like, I could be mistaken, but I feel like there's a person named R. Kelly who might <laughs> have done that, and they called him, you know. Right, uh, right. Uh, uh, names, yeah. <laughs> very bad names. Very, very, bad very names. mean things. Something <laughs> similar. And I'm, I'm just saying when we, when we are judging and we are looking at situations, let's look at them down the middle. However you, you know, subscribe, but however you um, judge things, judge it the same way. Black and white. You know, because if we want equality, true equality is everyone being looked at under the same treatment and under the same light. So that's that's my opinion on that. 
Yeah. Um, what I would say is, you know, clearly that, you know, this young dude, he didn't, he didn't realize his platform. Like, I, I think on one end, we have, do have to keep in mind, like, yes, he he's still a kid. You know what I mean? He's 19 years old. He's oh, essentially man. still a kid. But at the same time, he failed to realize that you are not the normal 19-year-old kid. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? You're not a normal 19-year-old. You have a, a multi-million dollar platform, and you failed to see that. You know what I mean? And, and and just knowing what comes with that. And that goes back into, you know, what we started off with. Where was his support system to realize that you have to really take your time and, and, and you know, just a natural rule of thumb is just really taking your time to get to know someone. <laughs> Clearly, you didn't take the time to really figure out who this person was. You know right. what I mean? And now it's led to, you know, you being in a very you know bad situation, you know, losing millions of dollars. And like you said, you can't even focus on you know, what your passion is or what got you this platform, which is basketball. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate. It's a tough lesson for him to learn. I really do hope that he is able to um, bounce back from this and this doesn't affect the rest of his career and the rest of his, you know, his life in a negative way. I really hope to see him bounce back in the long run. But this is a tough lesson for a young man to learn. Yeah, yeah man, it's just it's so unfortunate when you hear stories like this, you feel me, that it, the, it, the the story essentially went viral. You feel right, me? Right, it it right, went right, viral. Right. Like, and obviously we're on the outside looking in and obviously we don't have the 100% details and articles don't even have the 100% details. But just seeing that, you know, a young phenom future NBA star that was drafted very high, has a, you know, nice paycheck contract coming in. Um, he has a lot of baggage to claim now, a lot of extra baggage to claim on top of the weight that he has to hold to uphold his name in the NBA itself. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? And then um, when you break it down and you see the dollar value that they threw out there, it's like, dang, bro, like that's a lot bands. of money. A month. That's, it don't cost that much to take care of a kid. Right. <laughs> I know. That's over My two million a year. That. <laughs> that's over two million a year. That's, that's his the, contract. He only, yeah. he only got two million dollars a year <laughs> right. in his contract. No, I think he got a little more, but. Barely, but, <laughs> but still though, it's a big bag. You know what I'm saying? And then they saying she secretly filed divorce. Like yeah. obviously we don't know what's actually true and what's not. But right. two days after, yeah, yeah. Right. after Come the on, baby man. was born, like it's just man, it's crazy to think. And then there's also you know backstories and, and post of her saying like you know NBA players or, or professional athletes are the you know the easiest ones to trap. Basically. Right, right, right. You know there's actually video evidence of her speaking on that kind of thing. So whether she intentionally did it, you know what I'm saying? Or whether she accidentally did it, you know, one, one side of the party is getting hurt more than the other side. You right, feel me? Right. You know what I'm saying? That's affecting his future potentially. Um, you know, however the baby grows up is going to be hard trying to explain, you know, what happened and things like that. And it's just a lot of baggage for a young man going into the NBA to carry, man. So it's just unfortunate, yeah. man. Hopefully he bounced back, man. But at the same time, PJ Washington, you got to be smarter than that, brother. Yeah. Man. I mean, but, 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 but I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, unequivocally. But at the same time, he was a kid. Right. It, like you said, you, she, she was showing up at his she high school games when he was 16, 17 yeah, years yeah. old. Yeah. yeah. If you yeah. start talking to somebody at 16, 17 years old, just like we was talking about R. Kelly, like those are the people it's like, yo, you really kind of didn't have a choice to a certain extent because yeah, you yeah. was manipulated yeah. at a, as a kid. Yeah. You were still going through puberty. Yeah. You feel yeah. me? Like yeah. a, as a child. Brittany, I think for me, the part that kind of like really makes me feel like Brittany Renner's in the wrong here, the wrongest. Um, aside from PJ Washington's family and friends and support system, 
is the fact that she does have a video saying that if you want to trap athletes, this is the way to do it because they're stupid. So you could do it. Just like if I make a yeah. video saying, bro, if you want to kill somebody, this is how you do it. It's okay and funny when I'm making that video until I actually do it. Right. Yeah. When you follow through with it, then it's like, wait a minute, that's they not crazy. funny anymore. Yeah. That, was, <laughs> that was a premeditated thing. Yeah. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, and so right. even though like what she said is true, yeah, athletes, you know, they're 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 usually the easiest to slip up. They don't use protection. They don't do da, da, da. all that stuff is is absolutely true. But again, when you're saying if you want to do this, then this is the way to go. And then you go through through years later and do it. Yeah. It doesn't look good. You know what I mean? Regardless, you know, of that. Something else that I want to say real quick, though, Mm -hmm. is that I think that social media is very interesting in the sense of he could have been starstruck by her. Facts. You know what I mean? Like jocking. He could have he could have been jocking her just as much as she was jocking him. You know what I'm saying? To where like. You have this this young man that he's about to be an NBA superstar. And 20 years ago, an NBA superstar and a aspiring model, the NBA superstar would probably have more of the clout and more of the, right. you know what I'm saying, the leverage in that. But now with her following and with everything that she was doing social media wise and you know, a lot of these kids, they get so caught up in their phones and Instagram and stuff like that. He may have been like stuck, starstruck by yeah, her yeah. to where like whatever she was saying, he That's was. Some R. Kelly stuff, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah you and know she has I mean? a bigger following. Right. Yeah. And it's just crazy to think that like, and she's not a A-list celebrity or nothing like that. She's just someone who's a social media influencer. And to me, this was like the first time I really seen like, somebody who was strictly from social media like being more in control of somebody we would consider to be a celebrity you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah. that was that's interesting it's yeah, interesting for but, sure yeah for sure no doubt so we're going to take another quick break and then we're going to go into our final segment where we are answering questions that you specifically asked us so we will be right back All right, and we are back. So we did. Uh, we sent out some information, uh, some 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 questions, or we, or we posted on social media and said, you know, if there's any questions that you would like us to answer on the Ivy League podcast, sh- you know, shoot them out, and, and we'll see if we can respond to them. So we did get quite a few. Um, we the one we chose that we felt was most appropriate and best for us to to do was uh, uh, the question was, you know, how much time should you take after a breakup before you get back into the world and start dating? Um, so we'll start with DT. DT, you want to go ahead and answer that question? I mean, from personal experience, you know, it don't really pertain to me because, you know, my first real relationship, I actually, I married my wife. So um, I don't have good context on that. Um, but just from the outside looking in, I do think that just from knowing, understanding people, I do think that it's always good when you go through an experience like that and you're attached to something or someone that you do give yourself time to heal i don't know what that time amount is but you definitely should give yourself time to heal before you move on to the next thing mm. all right we'll go with steve yeah i mean <clears throat> number one i i would think the first thing with something like this is to 
understand that uh, taking some time off or taking some time to heal after a relationship is very important. Mm. And I don't think that there's a set time. I mean, everybody's time limit is is different on the way that you choose to heal. You know, some people get out of relationships and out of a 10 year relationship and they're ready to date again in a year. But or some people they're in, you know, a two year relationship and it takes them three, four years before they feel like they're ready again. So it just it varies to each person. I don't think that there's necessarily a, a time limit, but I do think most importantly, it's important to have that self-growth uh spending that time by yourself because i think that's the biggest mistake people make is trying to immediately get back out there and they haven't really had that self-growth time with spending that uh that self-time with yourself to have self-growth so um that's my take on it off tops yeah i think it uh it takes a lot of um self-evaluation mm-hmm. you know when you when the situation ends and of course you know depending on how it ends, some person may blame the other person more or vice versa or whatever. But at the end of the day, you have to look in that mirror and say, okay, even if I was allowing them to treat me bad, I still did wrong by allowing it. Mm-hmm. You know, to where you have to yeah. take the utmost responsibility <clears throat> for what's going on because moving forward, you're not, you know, you're probably not going to be with that person anymore. So, blaming them and talking crazy about them and how they didn't do this and they didn't do that, that doesn't help you get better for your next one. Right. You know what I mean? So any any type of hard feelings, any type of drama, any type of, you know, negative wishes toward your past, that don't really got nothing to do with your future. And if you're spending too much time talking down on your past and not working on the version of yourself to be better for your future, you're probably going to repeat the same thing over again or get worse. Because a lot of people think that staying the same is staying the same, but mm-hmm. the world is constantly moving. The world is constantly progressing. Mm-hmm. So if you stay in the same, you're really going backwards. So, yeah, it's just... It, and then yo, I can't... Yo, that's t- a bar. Say that again, bro. Oh. <laughs> so basically, you know, a lot of people think that staying the same is staying the same, but the world is constantly progressing and constantly moving. So if you stay in the same, you're going backwards. Don DeMarco. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, like, a lot of time, And I can't, I can't tell you the time limit of it. There is no time limit. Like you said, bro, there is no, like, set time. That after this amount of time, you're going to be ready to go. No, right. it's it's about it's about a feeling, how you feel, and, and a lot of that takes some soul searching, learning you, learning the things that you can deal with, the things that you can't deal with, um, and just just trying to find what makes you happy, not what the world is telling you should make you happy. What makes the like the real you, the inside you, and only you happy? That's it, man. That's facts. Um, you know, I kind of want to pretty much, you know, piggyback off of what everybody else said. It's just for me, I think that, you know, it, it, it's so many different variables to, to answer this answer. You know what I mean? To to be able to answer this question responsibly. I feel like, you know, it, your age matters, right? Like if you're 16 years old and you just got a relationship, you, know, you can get back out there, bro. Mm, mm-hmm. 16. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> you know right. Um, you know, if you're 25 and you just got out of a relationship, you know, how long was a relationship? You know, what went wrong? Was it because of something bad happened or was it just like you guys realized that you weren't meant to be together? Like there's so many different things where, you know, what what did you do to cause the relationship to, to downward spiral? You know, because there's always something like you said that, that you did, you know, the, whether it's you allowed the bad thing to happen to you or you were the reason that something bad happened to y'all. You know, what I mean, whatever. Right. So but the other thing is just, um, you know, focusing on yourself. You know what I mean? Like it, 
yeah, you know, there's people who can get out of a relationship, you know, and then spend a month alone and take that time to really meditate and get to know themselves and what they did wrong or how can they improve or how can they make their lives better. And all of a sudden they're in another relationship and it's the best relationship they ever had. Right. Um, but then there's some people who take two or three years, you know, what I'm saying and being single. And they never really focused on themselves. Instead, they focused on making the other person jealous by getting out there and showing that they could pull a dude or a girl or they could have another baddie or another dope dude that's going to pay for whatever. And they never took the time to, to better themselves. And so, like you said, they're moving backwards because they're still the same person. But mm. now they're that person as an older person. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't think there's just one specific way. I would just say take the time to focus on yourself in that breakup, in that time where you split up. And then whatever happens, happens. Like a lot of people wanna, well, do I need three months? Do I need two months? Do I need a week? Is it bad? Or and, and it's like, bro, it changes from person to person. Two people can be in a relationship together and split up. And one person can heal in a month, another person can heal in two years. They're in the same relationship. Right. You know what I'm saying? They were in the same relationship and they split up. But the way that it affects you is different. Just like if if I get punched in the face and Reeves get punched in the face, it may hurt him more than it hurt me. Or if, mm -hmm. or if I get punched, it may hurt me more than it hurt Reeves because Reeves is a boxer. And so Reeves been taking punches. So it don't hurt him like that. But I ain't no boxer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a pretty boy. And so all my, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. So it really does, there's no like cookie cutter answer. But the one thing that we can say that's consistent is just learn yourself get to know yourself and get better so um that dog is pissing me off <laughs> go down there no but um all right so we'll do final words man before we wrap this up before the dog try to get up in this episode again <laughs> box that thing <laughs> so final uh, words y'all um uh, in my in my um my um years of my journey of growing one thing i've learned is Learn when to be quiet, bro. Mm. Learn how to shut up. Learn that everything does not deserve a response. Everything does not deserve an answer. Um, you don't always have to prove that you are or you aren't. Right. Only, only the things that matter and only the people that matter should get your explanation. That's right. Unlike the dog who has to tell us everything. <laughs> hey! 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 Hey, y'all doing that podcast? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh, Steve, man. go ahead. Y'all some clowns, boy. <laughs> um, you know what, Reese? I, I like what you said. Just to kind of close that out, one thing I've I've learned, and when you say learn about being quiet, I've learned. You know, a lot of people are always getting caught up in trying to be right, or or you know, who's pointing out who's wrong. But one thing I've learned in being quiet is giving people the right. To be wrong right so that's one thing i'll leave people Shuts with be, be yeah, okay with giving people the right to be wrong right. you know what i mean you don't always have to prove that you're right so um that would be my final text and of course again we appreciate y'all for tapping in and, and rocking with us through this podcast and uh we appreciate y'all for uh checking us out and being on this journey with us yeah yeah man just to kind of piggyback off what y'all said not only learning when to be quiet and learning not to respond or give an answer is also not feeling like you have to show everything or not feeling like you have to, you know, try and flex for other people or right. show off for other people as well, you know, and I feel like social media is a, a very big contributor to that to where, you know, people will go so much out of their own ways and their own values to show other people what they got 
in what they're doing um, than to actually show the truth as well. So right. um, you feel me? Thank y'all for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Sometimes, yeah, that reminds me of of uh, J Cole. He says something like, oh, that "Actually, the blur just went on my head." But never mind. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, man, definitely um, like, comment, and subscribe. We appreciate y'all. Oh, I didn't do final words. Um, my my final words I would say is this. Um, you know. I just got this from uh, the Certified Lover Boy album. Um, you know, my man Hove. That's that's, that's my, that's my one of my favorite rappers of all time. Um, you know, he said on a, on a, one of his verses, he said, "the the best thing I could do is not build with you when I could destroy you. It takes some effing discipline." You know, what I mean, it's like at the end of the day, man. You know. We think that, like DT was saying, we think we have to get back at people. We think we got to, oh, well, I'm a flex on you and I'm going to do this. But really, the best thing you could do when you're when you're up and you're winning is not is choose not to build with that person to help them. You know, look, if, if you want to if, if we separate or we not cool no more, it's cool. But, you know, I'm the, the best win that I can have is just by not building with you, not not turning you into, you know, success or not helping you reach success. And now you got to get it on your own. And that's going to be just a little bit more difficult of a path. You can still get successful, but you're just not going to have my help. And that help might have helped make you another 10, 20, 30 thousand dollars or help might have made you another 10, 15, 20 million dollars or whatever in the future. So I would say that definitely, um, you know, and just be your best self. So, uh, yeah, man. So thank you all so much. Like I said, like, comment and subscribe. Please share it with your friends. Again, if you have any questions that you want us to answer right here on the podcast, please DM us at uh, underscore fire your boss on Instagram. You can follow us on the Wise Word Wednesday um, uh, YouTube channel. We appreciate y'all. It's FYB presents the Ivy League. Ha <laughs> We fresh. Yes, sir. Also, for the record, no dogs were harmed or no animals were harmed during the recording of this. Okay, we're good. The dog is good. I promise you, we didn't hurt nobody. For all the animal lovers, do not send Peter to the, the Wise World Wednesday YouTube channel or to the Ivy League podcast, bro. The dog is fine. We were just joking. We fresh.